Eight years ago, I took over the OWASP podcast from Jim Manico, originator of the project. In that time, 160 episodes have been published with over 500,000 downloads. It's been a fun project, but it's time to change things up a bit. There's a lot going on at OWASP, even more going on with the technology industry when it comes to cybersecurity. It's too much for one person to keep up with. Enter the idea of multiple co-hosts for the podcast. Many of you listening already know of Vandana Verma and Matt Tesoro from their work with OWASP. I called to ask if they'd like to share the platform, producing their own episodes around a chosen topic. In today's episode, Vandana, Matt, and I talk about thoughts of an expanded concept for the podcast. We'll each explain what we will be covering in our shows and what you can expect to hear in the coming year. Our plan is to have three shows, kind of like NPR programming when I think of it, under one umbrella, the OWASP podcast series. Come along with us as we talk through the new series and what it will mean to you as the listener. This is the OWASP podcast series. The OWASP podcast series is supported by the Open Web Application Security Project, home to over 240 community-driven security projects, including the OWASP Top 10, the Web Security Testing Guide, and the Security Knowledge Framework Projects. And by Jupiter One, helping visualize, secure, and govern your cyber asset universe. I am sitting here with Matt and Vandana, and we want to introduce the idea of the next phase of the OWASP podcast series. So Vandana, if I could, let's start with you. Could you do a, a short introduction of yourself, just in case people haven't met you yet? Sure. Thank you so much, uh, Mark. Uh, hi, everyone. I am Vandana. I'm currently serving as a chair for OWASP Global Board of Directors. I'm also working as a security relations leader at Sneak. I run a few communities around the world, especially diversity initiatives. You've been doing a lot on the diversity and inclusion for the last couple of years. It's been fantastic. Thank you, Mark. And also congratulations on your new work with Sneak. Fun company to work with, with Patrick and Simon and all and Guy and all those people over there. Matt, how you been? I've been good. It's been a year or two of interesting changes, but otherwise I'm doing all right. Uh, again, quick in intro. What are you working on now and what's your relationship with OWASP? Uh, what's my relationship with OWASP? Well, it's a, it's a long-term relationship. It goes back to 2008. Um, I've been around OWASP for quite a long time, was on the staff, was on the board, um, and I guess I just kind of like this place. My background is really, I started out life as a developer and then kind of caught the security bug and have never kind of turned away very much into automation and sort of making the most out of the people you have in your team. I've run several uh, AppSec or ProductSec teams at Rackspace and Pearson and Duo and whatnot. So I, I'm very much uh, in down in the trenches, let's get some stuff done kind of person. Um, and hopefully I can bring that to this uh, endeavor. Speaking of this endeavor, 
the three of us got together and decided, you know what, let's co-host this thing. And each of us have our own segments. For me, that's a fantastic idea. I've been flying solo on this for seven or eight years. And to have co-hosts is an interesting concept. Vandana, what are you thinking about doing as far as your episodes are going to go? I feel we should connect with the people who have contributed to OWASP at a bigger extent, especially if I talk about how OWASP has helped them grow bigger. It could be a person who's from the community itself. It could be an OWASP leader, could be from an organization that has set up the things in their organization. I've seen OWASP ZAP to OWASP dependency check to testing guide to top 10. Many organizations are picking it up and taking help from it. I would love to do the interviews around that, get to know their stories, their journeys. That's great. So focusing on projects, leaders, and people within the community itself that are providing content for the community. Matt, what are you thinking about doing? Uh, in a similar vein, I think there's a lot of really good hidden gems in the OWASP projects, and I'd like to bring some of those out. And, and more particularly, I mean, talk maybe a bit about the project, but more about how someone used it, and just general advice for people that are either an, an early AppSec engineer, maybe they they actually have now in, inherited a lot of a lot of friends I know get voluntold. By the way, you're the AppSec person now. What do you do? Like, how do you go from there? And and my idea is to try to help people sort of up their AppSec game by sharing lessons learned and broken or busted knuckles <laughs> from past experiences, right? So that hopefully they can avoid busting their knuckles on the same kind of thing. Because there's, there's no end of work. So I see no reason for us not to share and be open about what's been useful at our companies. Because honestly, I'd like to make it not unlike a hallway track at a conference, right? Where you just talk to somebody who's in your same kind of role and you learn a few things. And that's just a very useful endeavor. So I'd like to do that more broadly. It's interesting, Matt. One of the ways that I made my bones in the technology industry is I actually created the largest SharePoint community in the world based upon what you just talked about. It was called end user SharePoint. And what happened is people in the community would contribute small solutions that anybody could just download and implement. It was before we were all worried about security. So we're not even talk about <laughs> how secure the downloads were. But the idea was there is so much going on in the community that it sounds like what you, uh, Vandana and Matt want to do is actually expose what's going on in the community, giving kind of visibility to the people that deserve more visibility than they're getting for their projects and chapter. I totally agree on that. And even I'll tell you something that I started OWASP Spotlight Series specifically for that so that the projects get the right spotlight. A lot of projects are doing amazing work, but people are not knowing about it because the I think or I feel that there is a right kind of information that should go to the community. We have a huge community. People want help. Uh, it's just that they don't know where to reach out to. And these project leaders are doing incredible work. I think we just got the name for your episodes. It's the OWASP Spotlight. <laughs> I think that's a, a nice subtitle. Matt, we're going to have to get one for me and for you, too. I'll describe what I'm going to be working on, too, so that we're all coming full circle here. A lot of the visibility that I have through my work in DevOps and DevSecOps outside of OWASP 
introduces me to some really incredible people in the community, uh, the technology and the cybersecurity community. And my series is going to be focused on people external to OWASP that are actually leading the world in what they're doing as far as security goes. I think it's important that we expand the scope of what people are hearing and seeing at OWASP outside of OWASP so we can start considering what needs to be brought into OWASP. Yeah, I love that idea of, of uh, I've done that before, like been inspired by not security things and bringing them into the security world. That's my whole AppSec pipeline project was based on the idea of like, the CICD thing is cool. Why should the developers have all the fun? I want to use that for me in security, right? Right. Take what works from uh, other areas in your life and bring them into your day job. Why not? Truly, I think this integration needs to happen. And when we talk about shift left, when we talk about agile, I think these are the things which are very, very important. When we say that we need to educate developers, I think we need to educate ourselves also so that we can grow professionally and personally both at the same time. One of the things that the audience listening here should know that the three of us are very, very cognizant of inclusion and diversity, not just when we're doing this broadcast, but in work itself. So that I think that what people will find is not only will we be expanding on the ideas of the OWASP community, but we will be talking about diversity and inclusion and actually incorporating that into our broadcasts. For me, that's, that's a really, really interesting part because it's so underserved as far as visibility goes. Yeah, I have, a, I have a good friend who's in uh, automobile finance, right? Completely unrelated field, who was telling me he was going for a promotion. This is several years ago. He faked setting up a meeting with one of the other people he thought might apply and the person who was doing the interviews to see if they ever had a shared time in their calendar that was blocked. And he assumed that was them getting interviewed. So he could sort of feel out his competition just by doing a little hacking in the uh, Outlook calendar. And I said, at the time I was pen testing. I'm like, dude, you, you are pen testing. That is exactly what you're doing. Like, and it's amazing. This guy is, he's not very technical. He's a good friend of mine for years, but he's just not in our field. And I, I, I learned something. I never thought to do that. What a clever hack. Hey, see when the two people you think you don't want to meet are meeting. And if they are, well, there's some news, right? Yeah, totally fun. And I think uh, this, especially the calendar hack, a lot of people love that because yep. you get to know what's happening, what's not happening. And I think similar sort of things a lot of people um, want to do, but they don't know where things are, how things are. Probably I, uh, our podcast can actually take those stories to them. For example, I know Bug Bounty Hunting, there are so many wonderful podcasts which are there. Similarly, for all these AppSec stories, this can be an amazing podcast. One of the things that I have been adamant about over the years, and Jim Manico will give a shout out to Jim too, because he started the series here in another lifetime. We are adamant that this is not a vendor podcast. You will not be hearing sales pitches. You will not be hearing marketing pitches. There, everybody works for somebody, obviously, but it's not that anybody's going to get out of here and start hawking products on it. What we're planning on is to have an episode per week. One of the three of us will be presenting a guest or an idea. They, we won't be limited as far as 
who we can have on. You could have two or three guests on at a time, right? Are you guys planning? Have you planned out anything on where you're going to go with this, Matt? I've got a couple guests lined up, and I don't want to, to to drop names until I have them finalized. But um, I, I like the idea of almost always having a guest because it, it, I don't want to be a talking head. I'd rather sort of try to pull out from somebody some interesting stories and have some good banter. I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to having multiple guests. It kind of depends. Like if in a, like talking to a project that has multiple leaders, well, then sure. Like, let's get the multiple leaders on. Why not? You know, that kind of a thing. But I don't, I don't have any real strict plans except for I'd like it to be, like I said, kind of pragmatic in the trenches. Here's how you can make your AppSec life a little less insane and crazy. I am also uh, on the same lines. I have few people in mind. Uh, as soon as I get the confirmation from them and we see that, yes, the, rep- the, the conversation is going to kickstart there, I'm going to share the names and um, I'm looking forward to all the crazy ideas that they have, all the implementations that they have done using OWASP and how they've played around with it. I think, and even uh, I'm looking forward to all of ours episode because it, is, it has different flavors like ice cream and you always want to make sure that you want to try everything. So it'll be fun. The crazy ideas is great. Every company I've ever worked for or helped uh, in the past, they never know how their users, end users, are going to end up using the product. And it's fascinating, right? Because you go and you go, holy shit, I never knew they could do that with our stuff. Yeah, years and years ago, I wrote a a funny little tool called Jerry Curl and and the idea of like a jerry-rigged way to automate curl. It was a a wrapper for curl. You're making repeated curl requests and it would sort of help make that uh, easier for you. And I was just using it to one-off call APIs with some of the testing I was doing at Rackspace. A friend of mine, James Wicket, got a hold of it and he said, oh, do you know, you can actually, because I had a configuration file that was a, a, a command line argument, he realized, oh, you could just have config files that do all the commands you want. And then call a series of config files to do automation. And I was like, I never intended for that, but that's really freaking cool. Like <laughs> no idea, you know, and it, 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 you're right. I love that. That I'll, I'll go to my deathbed remembering that story. Cause it was a 180 degrees out of where my head was at when I wrote that thing. Well, when you started talking there, I started laughing. I said, is that where James got gauntlet from? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, he, he did that all on his own, um, but that was another great tool that he did. I think we, we have so many AppSec stories where you were just working on uh, writing some scripts because it, you wanted it to be um, life-saving. And especially if I talk about um, some of the tools that we see, um, like Zap Story is always fascinating for me. And even a lot of my, my friends have written some cool tools around Kubernetes now, but then it all started just making sure that it helps them and suddenly it becomes a huge, huge hit and people are using it. People are liking it. People are actually contributing to it. So that's the beauty of uh, your brain where you start picking up few things and suddenly they become so huge that everyone starts to uh, lean on it, start supporting them. One of the things that I had to learn in my career, and it was a hard lesson, is that what is obvious to you is awesome to somebody else. When you get in that day-to-day trenches and you have something that's working for you, to contribute that back to the community is literally going to change people's lives. And it is instantaneous if the solution is right. 
And Matt, you saw that with Jerry Curl. I mean, I, I'm aware of what that is. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And I, I've seen that so many times. It's it's funny. I'm a I'm a diehard Linux person. I've been using Linux as my primary operating system since 2000, I think, in Linux. I mean, I'm actually terrible at the other ones because they're not Linux. It's so funny when, I, when I'm interacting with other people who aren't Linuxy people. I'm like, oh, you just blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's the coolest thing ever. See, you could do this and pipe it to that. And oh, I never knew. Yeah. So there is, you're right. Like it, it, things that we think are just painfully obvious, if you haven't sort of walked the path, the same path, right, they wouldn't have come across. So it is, sharing is just so very valuable. I mean, most of the really cool stuff I've learned, it's because somebody bothered to share it and I stumbled upon it and I got a little bit smarter. My views when it comes to the obvious is very short. <laughs> and I used to get really angry, like, it's, it's so obvious, why can't you see it? And I had to learn through my career that people think in different ways. And what is obvious in the brain, the matrix in your brain, might not make connections in somebody else's brain. And that's really, really a hard to comprehend when you're young and just starting out. Oh, it's so damn obvious, why doesn't everybody do it? So I'm hoping that what the three of us can do is show people what's obvious to some, but is awesome to most people. I love that idea. I am sure I'm gonna learn a lot from these conversations. This is the OWASP podcast series. The OWASP podcast series is supported by the Open Web Application Security Project, home to over 240 community-driven security projects, including the OWASP Top 10, the Web Security Testing Guide, and the Security Knowledge Framework Projects. And by Jupiter One, helping visualize, secure, and govern your cyber asset universe.